Welcome to 5.0, Fivefold and Beyond with Matt and Amy. In the 5.0 podcast, we're going to peel back the layers of the Ephesians 4 model, revealing a thriving church, ministry, or organization. This will help leaders to identify, work together, and implement or raise up the believers who want to move in their calling. Watch those who are in your care and they become alive with a fresh passion as the anointings on their life are revealed, encouraged, and released. We also offer seminars, conferences, and strategic advising to pastors and leaders. We'll sit down with you and help you to learn how to have a fivefold influenced church or organization. Um, also, how to identify and integrate people with fivefold giftings into your teams and into your organization. So connect with us at ihimtv.com. That's I-H-I-M-T-V.com. So get ready to engage as these podcasts will open an understanding, remove confusion of the fivefold, and open your eyes and heart to what you and those around you carry. In this episode, we want to talk about unintended sabotage. What does that mean? Well, sometimes we unintentionally sabotage ministry because we're carrying wrong mindsets. See, as a fivefold leader or a ministry leader or even just a minister in God's kingdom, you have a great opportunity to empower people. But wrong mindsets as a leader, they will limit not only you, but also those you are leading. So we need to make a choice to change those limiting mindsets and think in a way that empowers people. So we want to talk about five, this is not an all-inclusive list, but we want to talk about five empowering mindsets that you can embrace that will help keep you from unintentionally sabotaging ministry. Right. We talk to a lot of leaders in different um, functions and everything from employers to pastors. And we talked a lot to them and uh, we hear a lot of um, things that they wish their people would do or their employees would do. And often it comes back to the leader. There's mm-hmm. things that's not um, an environment's created for the results they're looking for. There's stuff going on in their own life and so on. So they they need to be able to empower. And so we're going to look at that. Number one that I want to look at is let your message, whatever form that looks like or expression, you have a message, you have a word, you have a voice, let your message be empowering and practical. What does that look like? Yeah, because a lot of times there's rhetoric, a lot of rhetoric going on, hype going on, head knowledge going on. A lot of it is, I agree with that. Yes. Woohoo. Cheerleading. It has its place, but if it's not taken to a place that's brought out of that, it's just head knowledge. People want to live it out. They don't need a, a session of hearing things, speaking to them. Like, like if you're going to listen to a business presentation, you want to know what the action is going to be when it's all done, not just the idea. It right. What do like I do that. with this information? And so sometimes, a lot of times in the church realm too, we give a lot of faith ideas but there's no practicality to work that out. And so if our message isn't pushing a little above and beyond that, then then all it is is just words filling the air. Your fruit has to show up, what you're saying. Show me. Again, I know I keep saying that in these podcasts because that's what the Lord 
uh, always is testing me, improving me with putting before me, challenging me. And I have to say, is this word that I'm about to release into this person's life uh, in either a mentoring or whether it's a preaching aspect, can, can they take this and make it practical? Then they apply this to their life. Will it empower them? Will, will they be closer to Jesus or whatever the result is that we're trying to attain? Sometimes it's like, and I'm, this is not to insult those that we minister to or that we're speaking to or that we're leading, but you know, it's like taking a bottle, a jar of baby food and setting it in front of a baby on their high chair and saying, here you go, here's your food. But the baby at, at that point in its life does not have the capability to feed itself the food or to be able to take that food now and, and make it as life to themselves, right? By ingesting it. And so sometimes we're like that with the information that we're giving out, whether it is in, in a workplace, a business, uh, a church, we're, we're checking a bunch of information, but we're not um, presenting it in a way that people can actually consume it and it brings them life. Correct, correct. I think we get into a comfortable place that we're good at what we do as far as in our own mind, uh, because that's comfort really is not excellence. Comfort comfort means that it's uh, it's reached its limit. You need to come into something fresh, and that is pushing yourself. And we'll talk about that. But that empowering element that makes it practical is that can penetrate right now where you're at. Yeah, and sometimes you know that that doesn't take. You just have to to take a look at how your your presentation, yeah, right? Right. How you're presenting something, and the mm -hmm. Lord's been doing that a lot in us over the past five years. Really looking at how are we presenting truth, mm -hmm. or even how are we presenting information? Is it a way that people can take it? And we've we've shifted, we've changed just our presentation, not necessarily not even the information, the, let that alone we're the demonstration of that presentation. That's another level that you go above beyond that. That's what right. brings the light. Because you're showing people too. That's Correct. the best way for people to learn and to see it. You know, you're, you're role modeling that. Right. So yeah, it's, it's just little shifts to, to change your presentation and demonstration. The second one we want to look at is to have or embrace a God is moving now mindset. What do I mean by that? Well, what I mean, first off, is not just this someday mentality. You know, oh, someday God's going to do this, or I can't wait till God does that. Or, it, But it's, it's taking notice of what's happening now. What is God doing now? Right. And uh, one of the things I've been noticing the last couple of years, and the Lord's been dealing with me personally on this, but what I've noticing in the language, it's taking a while for the language to catch up with the reality of what the Spirit is doing uh, body-wise, you know, Bride of Christ um, across the world, a lot of times we're still saying God is going to move. God is going to bring revival to America. God's going to bring revival to Malaysia. God's going to, and you hear the, even the prophets and the apostles still using old language about God's going to. But when you really begin to open up your eyes, I think what we're referring to is the fullness of that. But and so what happens is we miss the initialization. Like God is moving right now in the earth. He is moving. There are hot spots and things that God is doing greatly in local congregations, local counties, regions, cities. God is moving. And to them, the spirit of the Lord is visiting and, and finding a habitation and doing what he wants to do. And so we have to change our language. So, so sometimes we need to catch ourselves saying, oh, man, I'm always saying God's going to. Say, oh, Bible says a hope deferred makes soul sick. So if we're always putting everything and shoving it off to the future, what do we have to live for now? 
I know. Wow. And, and we recognize that, yes, not every promise has been fulfilled yet. Oh, oh, and there are course, things, of course. But, but our eyes are always seem to cast into the future that we miss. That's right. That's the concept. The, the mm-hmm. blessing of what God is starting to do. And sometimes because of that, we don't see the immediate solutions or steps or things that we need to take at this time because we're focused on what God's going to do. So we just sit back and wait for God to do it. So it, it fosters that type of environment. So we want to foster an environment where people are, are seeing what God is doing right now. And that usually entails involvement and um, inclusiveness of our ministries that are among us and every joint supplies. Again, that's our message, Ephesians 4. So that, that involves that in, in whatever capacity you're in. Or whether it's a kingdom business or whether it's a ministry or, or even a local church. So so people, here, here's the mindset that we're breaking is we're not, we have to stop that we're not always working for something, but we're working with something. I like that. So when we're working for something, it's like I'm using my present things just to get and attain something and I'm missing what's going on right around me in my present or in my now. And when I'm working with something, that means I'm taking the material that I have right now today and making something out of it. I'm building something out of it. A new prototype, a whatever it is that we're building, we're taking that and forming it because it's begun now. We recognize it's now. I'm not trying to keep getting somewhere and never arriving. I've arrived, but I'm not in the maturity of it. I'm just on the threshold of it. I want to step into it even deeper. That mentality opens up a whole wide horizon it of does. being able to minister and to flow and to outpour into those that are around you. Definitely, because mm-hmm. when when we have that someday mentality, we we fail to recognize what God's put in our hands. And I love it when the prophet says to the you know the woman with the who had the the debt and was going to have to sell her sons into debt because her husband had had passed away, and he he looks at her and says, "What do you have?" And so he brought her focus from you know the future of what's ha- what's going to happen with my sons mm-hmm. and with me. We're going to you know die, everything that's happening. And he brought her focus to what's in my hands right now that I can work with. And there you go. And she's like, "I got." Well, first her her response was nothing because when we have that someday mentality or that future mindset, we we fail to see what we have or it seems insignificant significant because it's not enough to meet the need. You've got the materials for a miracle. Change. But we do. I like that. You already have in your hands the materials you need for this miracle. And when she recognized that and, and walked out in obedience and faith, God did amazing things. And so that's what we have to look at. It's like, God, what have you put in my hands right now to work with? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I don't have that thousand, uh, thousand person congregation right now. I've got six. But those six are who you've given me to work with to see God move in our region. And and that's where we start. Champions with, like, in the making. Well, I, I can't do anything until I have a worship leader. I can't do anything until I have, you know, $10,000 or I can't do anything. No, no. St- stop looking at that and, and start working with what God has, has put in your hands right now. Which brings us to the place in number three, uh, that we have to be flexible in the Holy Spirit to fresh ideas. Uh, relevant systems, methodologies. We have to we have to adapt to what's happening because we live in a time right now. Everything's changed. Look how quick it changed in just a few years. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, the way we did things, how we approached, how we travel, 
how, how all kinds of things, how we engaged, what we can purchase, can't purchase has shifted, massively accelerated. And so I, the church cannot, church being the bride of Christ cannot be stuck in that. We have to be leaders in that and we have to move in the motivation showed by the Holy Spirit. So methodologies that we did, especially before all that pandemic stuff happened, isn't working now because society shifted away from what they did. And all of a sudden, well, we're going to bring them back. Well, nothing goes backwards except our soul. We can backslide. Everything, it's shifting, whether it's going in the right direction or not. That's not what I'm talking about, but it's moved. And so the church has to be in that place to be able to adapt. So having that mentality of being flexible, because the Holy Spirit has a strategy and we can find out what that is by seeking him. Yes, yes, because what's going to happen is yesterday's model will become confining today. Right. It will box you in. Ooh. And I know you're you're thinking, well, maybe not all of us, but I know there's someone out there thinking, well, you can't change because you're just going to compromise. Compromise. And, and they view all change as compromise as far as when it comes to, you know, how we're going to change maybe the way we do church or the way we do business or... Mm -hmm. You know, people get worried that we're going to compromise. But let me clarify, you have to change methods, the way you're doing things, systems. Those things need to change to maintain relevancy and to be able to contain what's going on today. However, principles remain steadfast. So it's the principles that we don't change. We don't compromise principles, the principles of God's word, of what God has said. That remains the same. But the methods, the presentation, the vehicle that carries those principles has to change or you're going to limit your your harvest. Yeah. So if you're a fisherman, a deep sea, whether you're a local fisherman or a, or a deep sea fisher with a ship and boat and everyone, you go where the fish are at. You can't keep casting your nets because you're real good at it in a spot where this once happened before. This is the way we've always we've done always it. We've always done it here, brother. If those fish really are hungry, God will lead them to my net. Well, you, the fish don't go in that area anymore. The net needs to be thrown into the area where the fish are. The harvest, you have to go where the harvest is and you have to move. That's what we're talking about. And so, you know, you want to be in business long as a fisherman, you change your tackle, change your bait, change your fishing hole. It, that, that hole could be, it could be empty. It could be contaminated. It's true. It you, be can, done. you can look very limited. obviously at the businesses that survived a global pandemic. Mm -hmm. They had to adapt. They had to make changes. And some did that very successfully. Others, not so much. Again, we're trying to break the unintended sabotage. See, sometimes we have our, our mindsets that sound so religious, but the thing is that it trips us up and we were crying and we're weeping before God when we're alone and we're looking how God can help us with our leadership and he's trying to change us as a leader or a ministry and, and we're, look, we're trying to get him to change results. Oh, I like that. Well, no, no, we're sabotaging unintendedly with those things. We need to be aware of that. And that's what we're talking about. To be a powerful fivefold ministry, to be an impact in the kingdom, in the world today, we have to be open to empowerment. Let's look at number four, empowerment. Number four, be deliberate in personal growth. I know we talk about this in a lot of our podcasts, the need to grow, but this is huge. Prepping a sermon is not personal growth. <laughs> 
You're just pulling out of what you know based on the scriptures. Oh yeah, God might show you something as you're reading uh, the passage for that Sunday sermon, but that's not personal growth. Now that doesn't mean that as you are deliberate and you're studying for personal growth that you won't get sermons out of that. Right. You probably will. Okay. Right. So that's that's. But don't difference. just leave to your Sunday prep time. Mm-hmm. As your place to, for personal growth. Because remember, you can only take your team, whether it's business, whether it's church, uh, ministry, whatever it might be. You can only take your team as far as you're willing to grow. And, and one thing or another is going to happen. You can't grow where you can't grow. That's right. Oh, I like that. And they can't go where you're not growing either. One, one, two, one of two things is going to happen. Either you're going to stifle your team and they're going to be stifled in their growth because you're not growing or they're going to want to still grow and they're not going to want to be stifled. So mm-hmm. they're going to leave. Yeah. And you you're lose going to lose actually good member. people that can mm-hmm. help you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good. You got to grow. You have to be deliberate. And I know because we know we've been in ministry for years um, in church ministry, but even in business, uh, we, we've, we know a lot of great kingdom businessmen and women, and you can get so busy that you fail to have that personal growth because you get overwhelmed. You have to deliberately carve out time, um, order new books or, or find new podcasts to listen to, maybe uh, find new material so that you can continue to grow. Maybe take a course in something so that you can take your team um, beyond where you could imagine. So I'm going to put an ad in right now. If you want to, we have a show, a TV program, um, on watchfuntv.com. That's watchfuntv.com. And it's called Without Limits. And we speak to movers and shakers and goers. And we deal a lot with mindsets, growth, acceleration, um, on those type of things. Uh, that's video. And those are about 22 minutes long. So go check that out and see. And uh, get encouraged and keep feeding your soul and your spirit the right message. Yeah, that show uh, Without Limits, that really deals a lot in our content deals a lot with helping to change the mindsets mm-hmm. so that we can, um, well, walk into that place that God has for us, that place that's um, beyond what we could ask or imagine. Let's, talk, let's to- talk about number five. Number five. Have a willingness to seek help and support when you're in crises. And every leader, every person that sticks their head out by faith <laughs> will, from time to time, face crises. And sometimes Personal. from time to time to time to time to time, um, that seems to happen. And, you know, one of our biggest barriers here with this one, with mm-hmm. uh, having this empowering mindset is pride. Uh-oh. Because we're a leader, we're, you know, we're supposed to know what we're supposed doing. To have it all right. We're supposed to have it all together. Um, but we cannot... Um, let our crises of faith become our team's crises of faith or our leaders. We can't project our crises onto others. And so that goes on the other side of the coin where I'm so open before everybody. I'm just going to plop it out there and tell them I'm just a broken up old and I got my problems. And you have to share that with your with your inner team and those that are close to you in your inner circle. You don't go putting that out there to the people that you are ministering to. Now, they will recognize and know that something's going on. You can say that you're just facing a trial right now, Christ, but you don't have to sit there in a false humility to make you one of them in that way because they can't handle that. They'll stumble. 
It may be true, but they're stumbling on that. And if you're one who's casting vision and you're having a personal crisis of faith and God is doing something with you or the enemy's attacking you, you don't go out there and say, we can't do it anymore. You're projecting your own onto the people. Now all of a sudden they're going, whoa. And I know in congregations, you got ministers who are, who are people. Yeah. Anyway. Let's okay. not go there. Let me let me read a passion a passion a, a passion. <laughs> I will read with passion a passage. Ooh, sounds great. <laughs> from Numbers uh, chapter thirteen to kind of show you what we're talking about here. This is when um, Moses sent the the twelve spies out into the promised land. They were they were spying out the land. Mm-hmm. These spies they just weren't random people picked from the crowd. No, these were leaders. Yep, there was a leader from each of the twelve tribes of Israel. So these were, you know, these were ministers, people whom the the crowds looked up had to, authority. respected. They had authority Responsibility. and sway. They had influence with influence. the people. Yeah. So here we I'm going to pick it up uh, okay. at verse 30 of numbers 13. And um you know, Caleb's come back. He was one of the 12 and he tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. And Caleb gave his report. He said, "Let's Go at once and take the land. He said, we can certainly conquer it. So there's a leader expressing faith to the people. I never noticed that before. He quieted the people. They were excited to hear the report. They wanted to know what was about to go on. You just read it. Well, and some other people were already doing some talking. Oh, that too. Hmm. (laughs) And that kind of got them a little bit like, okay, what's going on here? So Caleb quieted them and he gave his report. Mm. But the other men, verse 31, who had explored the land with him disagreed. These other, these are leaders. They disagreed. This is what they said. We can't go up against them. They're stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. They said the land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. And next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. And this is what happened in verse 14. Now the people start to rebel or in chapter, chapter 14. 14. It says, then the whole community began weeping aloud. So now all of a sudden they're um, embracing the report of unbelief and mm-hmm. fear. Mm-hmm. They cried all night. Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest now against Moses and Aaron. And they said, if only we died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness, they complained. So now all of a sudden you've got a, a people, millions of people who are now in crisis of fear and unbelief because of 10 leaders who couldn't get past their own fear and unbelief. <laughs> Drop the mic. Boom. Cut, boom, boom. You think it's great and fine to, to share with your team that you don't even know if you believe in God anymore. And I've heard leaders say statements like that. Man, don't take that to, to your people because all of a sudden they're going to be now in this crisis of faith. Well, if the, the leader doesn't believe in God, how am I supposed to? I don't even know. You know, yes, you need to you need to seek out people who can help you, not people who can pat your back in the mud puddle, but people who can reach out a hand and can pull you out of that mud puddle and help you through it. You need people who can speak into your identity, people who can uh, strengthen you and minister to you to bring you to a place of wholeness so that you're not spreading your fear, your lack of identity, your brokenness to everybody that you're ministering to. And if that means setting yourself aside for a time, then that's what you need to do. Unintended sabotage. Five things. Let your message be empowering and practical. Number two, have a God 
is moving now mindset. Get rid of the someday mentality. Number three, be flexible to the Holy Spirit. Have fresh ideas, relevant systems. Number four, be deliberate in your personal growth. And number five, have a willingness to seek help and support in a personal crisis. Wow, that's Mm. good. That's good. You have influence with people and you want to use that influence to empower people, not to unintentionally sabotage what's happening in their lives and in the ministry. So you can do this. You are strong. You are an overcomer. You are an influencer, a game changer for the people that you lead. You are poised in place right now to infuse your environment with these words that will change everything around you. Don't hold back. Go for it and be blessed.